0: Greetings, fellow citizens of Disneyland. Welcome to Disneyland for Designers, episode 33. Now, I always knew that I wanted to do this on the 33rd episode. And always knew that I'd have to go in alone. Because there's some things in this world, well, we're not supposed to talk about. And so, by doing this, I could be sacrificing my invitation. I could be throwing it all away for Downloads. And clicks. So do me a favor, make sure you tell a friend so the gamble was all worth it. But what I want to tell you is what you don't know about the sacred Club 33. And let me explain to you what you're not going to get here so I don't get the, oh, Bricky, this was clickbait. Because it's not clickbait. Because I'm going to give you something that you can't find elsewhere. So if you're looking for fun facts and secrets and a panel and, and what does this mean and the history of where this came from and prices and admission and how to get in, you're not going to find it here. But what you are going to find about the club is something that maybe no one else has ever taken the time to explain to you. See, what I'm going to explain is where your heart and mind should be to know if this is really that magical last piece of your Disneyland lifestyle that you need to complete to fill whole as a fan, as a Disney super fan. So, let me explain to you where your heart and mind needs to be to get the most out of this place. See, you probably think that if you could just make it behind those doors. Everybody knows where it's located at. It's the worst kept secret that ever existed and you just think, man if I could just get there it's the one thing that I haven't seen or done. It's the last thing on my super fan bucket list. The mystery has you beyond intrigued about all of these things that you're missing out on which is why I'm going to reserve for you that mystery because if I tell you What's on the other side of those doors? I have now just robbed you from your own personal reality, from your own personal fantasy. I'm explaining to you why maybe it's good that you don't know what's on the other side of those walls. And you only know what you think is there. What you feel it would be like to be there. Sometimes the fantasy is better than reality. No, I'm not saying that's true, but I'm just posing to you. Isn't it nice to have one thing left every time you go to the park that you feel like you just can't get your hands on it? Think about the world of video games. You love a game that you just can't seem to get to the end. But on other games, when you've made it from loading screen till rescuing the princess, all of a sudden you're like, well... I kind of did it. Maybe leaving one door closed is just enough for you to feel like there's still a little bit that you haven't seen, that you haven't done, and to keep that intrigue alive in your heart. Because everyone knows that the magic of Disney is in the reveal. That's why many of us don't want to watch a POV video on YouTube until we actually get our own chance to rise against the resistance because you hold on we are the resistance we don't want to rise against it i i'm too much of a punk rocker we want to rise because we are the resistance right i mean are you a good guy or bad guy can i even trust you with this information that i'm laying upon you but what i'm saying is that when we ride an attraction It's that thing that we're not expecting that we don't know is going to be there. I'm talking to you, Expedition Everest, never been to that park, but I know what happens when you get to the top of the mountain. It's been ruined for me, but that would have blown my mind on my first ever ride on that attraction. So therefore I'm not telling you that part of it, but I am going to tell you. Oh, so much, because if you are from out of town, Or if you are someone who's not an AP, an annual pass holder, or if you're someone of the mindset that loves to crush rides, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know if you will enjoy this thing that you think you want so badly because Disneyland, yeah, it's the happiest place on earth, but it's also the one place on earth that bends time like no other human portal. Time is an abstract concept inside of Disneyland, even though what we're doing the entire day is managing our time. How long is the wait on that? Can we do it afterwards? What's our window to the parade? We got a fast pass. Can we fit this in? You are navigating and crunching so much time because you know that when you're there, it is running like sands of the hourglass. So are the days of our lives. Oh, I watched a lot of days as a kid. So what I'm asking you is this, in a world where time is always slowing down when you're doing something that you hate or going too fast, when you have that weekend with the kids that are only going to be four and six once, do you really want to go into Disneyland? The bending of all time and experiences, this human portal that exists nowhere else on planet earth and sacrifice two to three hours on dinner? If you're the type of person that goes to the park and you have to see the fireworks, are you cool with dining while you hear them booming over the top of you? Are you there and you have to see World of Color because it's that emotional and it means that much to you? But even though it's only a park and two turnstiles away, it is impossible to get to because you're on the third course? Do you feel comfortable with phantasmics, lights, and music ricocheting and bouncing through the window that's behind the lovely couple that's two tables over from you? You know right out there that the power of imagination is happening and you can't see it because you're drinking coffee and enjoying your dessert. Radiator Springs Fast Passes, you got there early. You got four for your party in your pocket, in your iPhone, burning a hole. You're not going to make them. And heaven forbid, did you get Group 90 Boarding Pass? And as you see the tick, tick on the clock, you understand you are not helping out the resistance this evening. And you're not going to be able to take advantage of Fantasyland reopening at 10.05. That's right, Rope Drop 2.0 after the fireworks, when the Peter Pan line gets hard reset. You're not going to be there, because you're going to be where you were at since 7 o'clock. So would you trade in all of those experiences and the buzzing and humming all around the park, taking all the paths, taking all the thoroughfares, taking all the shortcuts, you know, because you are a hardcore Disney fan. Would you trade all of that for, could we get more bread, please? Does desert mean that it's worth deserting everything else that you love so much? Pretty, pretty proud of that play on words right there, because This experience takes a lot of time in a place in your life where you love to destroy time. So my question for you is, think about giving up two or three hours of not your regular time. That's no big deal. That's called a birthday party. But two or three hours of DLT disneyland time are you willing to give that up to open up the door do you really want to have to wear nice clothes to disneyland do you want to have to walk around all day worrying about how hot and sweaty you're getting and does my makeup look okay am i starting to run here or did i get a corn dog grease stain on my button-up shirt oh look at that i've scuffed my nice shoes or even worse but brickie they have lockers okay They do have lockers. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Do you really want to go around, rip the park all day in your casual Disneyland attire, then go into a locker, grab a bag of clothing, go across Main Street, Across the other side of Center Street, go into a public restroom, get into a stall where there's a toilet, not using the toilet, so you're walking around it, standing around it, hoping that you don't drop your iPhone in it, and then you're trying to put on your best dress clothes. Right now, if you feel panicked and you can already feel the sweat dripping off your head as you're trying to get your pants up and trying to put your belt on, I'm doing that on purpose because that stress is real. I hate getting dressed in public. I hate getting dressed at home and I have a nice bathroom. I have my own bathroom and I still go in there and go, oh God, I'm sweating. I got to get all these clothes on. I just want to be out of this bathroom. And my complimentary thing I do on exit is I take a paper towel and I just wipe my forehead because it was too much for me to deal with doing that inside of a public restroom in Disneyland where there's people coming and going, buddy, you still in here? Yeah, dad, I can't get my pants up. That happening on each side of you? No, no, thank you. That silence just felt so good. And my other proposition to you is, but pricky we have a hotel nearby. Okay. Good for you. Baller, do you really want to leave the park? Do you really want to have to calculate? We gotta get out of here at 3.30, because it's gonna take us till four o'clock to get to our hotel room. Uh, you always say that it's only going to take you 45 minutes, but I really know that that's an hour and a half. I will go right when you're done with the bathroom, it'll be hot and steamy and I'll sweat twice as hard, but then I can just kind of lounge and watch some YouTube while I'm waiting for you to get done because you always take way longer than you said. And then who's going to get the kids ready. So then let's get out of here. Do you want to do that? I mean, spending three hours over an amazing dinner. That's one bargain of time that you may be willing to give up. But are you willing to give up three hours to get ready for your three hours? That's six hours of DLT. Do you really want to give that up? I know I don't. I guess the thing that I'm trying to explain to you that nobody else has is the club isn't a thing that you do during your trip at Disneyland. Disneyland is something that you see when you go to the club, right? It's a whole different mindset. It's not something that you wedge in between this thing and that thing that you want to do. It's not B between A, B, and C. It's not. It is A, 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 A all day long. It is the thing that you go there to do. So maybe you're a local and you have an AP and you say, I'm not scared. I'll burn a day on that. Maybe you are a vacationer with a big budget and you're like, we can do a five-day pass and burn one on that. Well, congratulations, that you qualify for being someone who is willing to exchange hours of this precious time for a dinner. Now, I'm not disparaging the dinner because it's a great dinner. I just wanted to be the one person that maybe pumped the brakes on your fantasy and said, have you ever really thought about what it would be like to spend multiple hours inside of Disneyland not doing Disneyland? Because if you go back when you were a child and if there's a kid listening hi I'm Bricky Mouse don't listen to this next part that I'm going to say I'm talking to your mommy and your daddy or your cool uncle but you remember when some jerk told you about Santa Claus has Christmas ever really felt the same since do you really want to see that Oz was just a sad and old little man insecure behind a curtain or do you still want to believe that the yellow brick road will take you to magic. See, maybe your idea of what is behind those doors is more magical than the truth. Because I hear a lot of Disney fans complain about prices and complain about ride times. Oh, it takes forever to do this. Fast fast broke everything. I need more fast passes. Will everything go over to the phone? Why did I get here at 7.55 and at 8.01 a.m., Rise of the Resistance is already done for the day. See, we've talked about how it bends time, but are you aware that it also bends money? Are you ready to double or triple your admission ticket for the day on a meal? I mean, for some of you, that's another visit or that merch that you've always had your eye on. See, premium experiences come with a premium price. Because ultimately what we're talking about is supply and demand. The demand is so high that the price of the supply is a premium. So once again, this could be potentially one of your most expensive trips to the park where you will actually do the least amount of stuff that you will ever do in the park. Now, have I scared you away or have I made you possibly think that the fantasy is justified because it won't happen for everyone. And in one way, I wanted to kind of paint a picture of maybe you're not missing out on what you think that you're missing out on. Have I made you feel better that your dream could be somewhat better than the reality? Because I'm wondering if many of you have ever crunched in a calculator, the budget or in your mind, the emotional time that it would take while you're there. Okay, okay, I hear you. You still want it, and you're still willing to send very, very cringy DMs to members. I get it. I see them. I can't believe people are willing to go there. So, I will live up to the name of this episode. I will now tell you what I think the biggest thing that you don't know about the club is that you don't see on the travel channel, the YouTube videos, the blog, clickbait posts. This is what I was surprised when I was invited. This is what I love about it. And I don't know if this is what everyone else will love about it. If you go for one meal invited there as a friend of a friend, and you have one meal in the banquet side with your spouse, friends, partner, you'll have a great memorable time. It will feel different than any other time. It will feel special. You will feel like you got won over on society. It's one of those nights where you feel like you got to win. And that's how that part will feel. And you'll say, I did it. I'm happy that I did. I don't necessarily know if I need to do it again. But if you're on the other side and you actually are a part of what I found to be the most fascinating thing of the club is ultimately it's about people. And it's about developing a community. And you think, well, that's not mind-blowing. I understand that. But let me explain to you a little bit more that if you have a small area where the same people show up over and over again, you become friends. You become a community of people that are aware of who one another is, which is kind of wild in a place like Disneyland, where most of the time... You're walking past strangers probably the entire day. It's kind of odd to see someone that you know that you didn't know was at Disney, right? Like, hey, we're going to be there on Tuesday too. Cool. We'll try to bump into each other. And then you don't really try that hard. But to go someplace where you can often see the same people over and over again, there's a specialness to that that I wasn't really anticipating, expecting, or even thinking about. Because if you do go over and over again, there are traditions. There's the passing of time. You start to remember when people's kids were little. You start to remember different holidays, different special events. You start to remember your history that you have with your community. And what this does inside of the happiest place on earth that millions of people visit each and every year. I mean, go stand out front of the train station. What's the population now? Seven billion? I don't even know what the number is. It's so big anymore. You take this place that is a portal for the entire world and you go into this room with people that you see often. And what it does is one of the best magic tricks I've ever seen Disney do. It makes Disneyland, which is enormous in its emotion And big in its footprint, feel incredibly small. It makes Disneyland feel like Walt always wanted it to be. A real little town inside of his train set. See, the club side of the club, it feels like a real neighborhood bar. Where that when you come in, You say hi to all your friends. You say, can I get a moment? I want to go say hi to so-and-so. And And you get to catch up with people that love this bizarre place in the same way that you do. And maybe you talk about the park or maybe you talk about work or talk about that memory or catch up and say, whoa, I, I remember your oldest daughter. I haven't seen her forever. Last time I saw you, you were this size and you were talking about this. See, it's not what you're dreaming that it is. It's not the Haunted Mansion or Pirates of the Caribbean that you've never been on. It's far from being a ride. Sure, it has its history, and even more so, what I think is cool about it is it has its mystery. But it is not an attraction. It is a restaurant. And ultimately, it is a club. And what defines a club? It's a membership. You decide to be a member Of This organization, which means that you have decided to spend time and yeah, you bring your friends and family out and you have your regular rotation, but your neighbors, the booth across from you, the the guy over at the bar, the, the woman sitting next to the piano, you know, these people and to go inside of a place that feels as anonymous as Disneyland can and to know everyone inside the room to me That was the most impressive part of the entire experience was seeing Disneyland act as if it is a real little city somewhere in California. So if your fantasy was going here would be like getting on that one ride at Disneyland that they just won't let you ride. I'm here to tell you, friend, that it is not that at all. It's not Peter Pan. It's not Snow White. It's not the Jungle Cruise. Well, it can be, depending on who's at your table. But what it really is, it's a booth with friends on a night that you never want to end. You're in this place with every amazing Disneyland attraction is right out the window. And you're hanging on every word from your friends. You don't seem to care that the schedule is ticking, ticking by. There's another nighttime show. There's another event. There's another ride. There's another piece of merchandise. There's another item or, or treat from another establishment that you won't eat. Like everything outside the window is happening and it's melting away. And the night is getting later and later and later. But you don't care because you're with your Disneyland friends who I've come to learn having a set of friends that are your Disneyland friends in turn creates for you a Disneyland family. You see this little neighborhood bar inside of New Orleans Square, inside of Disneyland. It does a magic trick that nothing else in the park can do. The club makes Disneyland feel real. It makes it feel real as if this is a place where you can go and see all the people in your neighborhood. You can see your friends, you can see your family, and you can remember the history that you share together because as right now, we all sit locked out of the park, we've always dreamed about having an empty Disneyland. We've always dreamed of going there on a weird Sunday or Saturday or or Thursday afternoon. I mean, we try to pick the dates that we think will be less populated because we've all had this fantasy that we would go there and somehow everyone else would forget to go there that day. And so we would have the park to ourselves. But as we look at footage from Walt Disney World and we think about an empty Disneyland, we realize that Disney makes the park, but the people, us, We make the magic and think about all the moments that you've seen at the park that put a lump in the back of your throat and how that happened by you observing a complete stranger getting lost in the moment. See, this was the part that I wasn't expecting or anticipating or even dreaming of is how different that place would feel if you could go someplace and know half of the people Inside of the room. This to me is the biggest fun fact magic trick that no one else is going to tell you because it's not sexy. It's not clickbaitable, but it's a real experience that I don't know if I've crossed any threshold by sharing with you. Other than letting you know, as one hardcore Disney fan to another, I don't know if you're missing out on what you think you're missing out on by having one dinner. But I do know what my experience has been and this goes way beyond the club. The club was just sort of a thing that kind of happened and it doesn't define this. It's just kind of where it ends up happening. The magic trick that no one else I think can tell you about is having a set of friends that are your Disney friends. It makes the whole thing feel more real and feel more special and i stood on main street december 23rd as i like to refer to it christmas eve's christmas eve and i told two of my disney friends i said guys we have had an unbelievable disneyland year and i wanted to thank my two friends and i wanted to tell them i'm like you know meeting you and the other guys and coming here and doing the laps and having my friends inside of this place it was the greatest addition it was the greatest attraction that the park could have ever added for me having my own community when i walk past main street when i walk past the train station It makes it feel like when I lived in my hometown of Louisville, Kentucky, or the four years that I lived in the amazing city of Toronto, Ontario, or the 10 years that I did in Buffalo, New York, the hometown of my beautiful Greek bride, or now where I live here in Southern California. Having friends, having roots, having a community makes the place feel real. So the part that I think is most impressive is the part of the people the community that it establishes and I'm not a part of that community but being able to observe it and know that it's real that was so impressive to me so if you don't mind to my friends that I'm no longer allowed to take real laps with I want to let you know that on Friday nights when the weather feels perfect and I'm seeing the sunset I get a lump in my throat I sometimes physically have tears, I mean magic, leaking down the side of my face because I know that in any other year, I would be waiting for all of you at the Main Street train station for us to take one of our world famous laps around Walt's original Magic Kingdom and to not start a conversation but to restart the conversation that never seems to end. I want to tell you what I tell my wife. I miss you, and I love most of you like I love Disneyland. And that is the biggest compliment I can give to anyone. Hey friends, I hope you've enjoyed this special 33rd episode of Disneyland for Designers. I hope that maybe I help paint a fantasy that you've had in a way that allows you to believe in the fantasy. I hope that by not telling you any of the secrets or reveals that I have left those for your first discovery. And I hope that if anyone from the club listens, you'll understand what I've tried to do here today is tell people, have you really thought out if this is right for you? I'm not going to ruin it for you, but have you thought about the practicality of it? And also I've tried to explain to people the greatest magic trick that you do is for a small amount of people. And we understand that there's a price associated with it. You have set up a little area, a little private area inside of new Orleans square, which you've done probably the greatest thing that you could do for any land because for a land to feel real, It has to feel like that they're citizens that live inside of that land. And by creating a little neighborhood bar where people can go and know each other and spend time together, Christmases and Thanksgivings and Halloweens and special events and D23s. That is one of the many things that makes Disneyland so precious and so special. And in my mind, The reason why i love it so much as a fan and as a designer it makes disneyland a real little city and not an amusement park all right everyone i hope you had fun on this episode and i just want to give you another little behind the scenes once the park closed and i started doing the show once a week and and didn't want to burden jared with it because he's crazy busy and he's just been crushing it with his illustrations lately. One of the things that I thought could be magical for both you and me was to recreate the Disneyland lap friends walking around the park, maybe not writing things, but talking about all the things that they love all around them. You know, it's just, there's something about going there. And last year really planted the seed in me that Disneyland was better when you had your Disneyland fans, because I can't always bring in family from out of town. Can't always hope that all my friends that are scattered across planet Earth are in Anaheim with an afternoon and 150 bucks to burn. But I wanted the podcast for my own sanity and hopefully for years too, to feel like you're taking laps around the park. People that know all the little details, know where everything's at insiders that love to go inside and just talk about look at this look at all of this around us and how much we love it if you want a little bit more than joining me here every Wednesday I have been doing live streaming over on Twitch and YouTube where I do virtually go into the park last week we did a DCA day uh, from uh, 2 to 10 we literally did a whole day of DCA And yeah, we're using Google Maps to walk around and POV videos to ride attractions. And we're playing the music and we're doing the best that we can to make it feel real. But the part that is very real is the community that we've built. So if like me, you have a Disneyland after dark ticket in your Disneyland app, that you can't use next Thursday and you're bummed out that you don't get to go to the Star Wars uh, Disneyland After Dark event, which would have been amazing with all the fans in town for Star Wars Celebration. They're encouraging people for the first time to dress up and go into Batu. Don't you worry. I will be recreating the event. And the part that's taking me the most amount of time is I will be recreating the fireworks show that was promised to us that would happen over the spires and the block spire outpost. So that will be just like it should be next Thursday from seven to 10. You can find me over on Twitch at AID network, or you can find us over on YouTube uh, at the channel adventures and design, or you can find us over there Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And I reserve Fridays as Disneyland fun Fridays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. If you're at work and you just want to hang out with a rad Disneyland community, That is exactly where you can find us. All right, enough plugging. I will be back next Wednesday as we take another lap around the park. Philander's back next week. We have a fun episode planned for you. We're going to make a list of items that we think makes the perfect land. If we were building a land, what are the criteria that we believe builds a perfect land? And I think what you'll hear a lot about is the land that we are in on today's episode which is probably the most perfect of them all new orleans square all right friends until the next time i see you make sure you live the magic every single day and don't stop believing every day it may feel further away but we're closer to the park reopening and now this episode has just hit 33 minutes and my job here is done